Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Raheem Nelson is an artist based in New Haven, Connecticut. He went to school for visual arts and completed his education with a BFA in cartooning. His background is in traditional cartooning and oil painting. He currently creates his personal and professional work on an iPad using the Procreate app. He specializes in graphic design, portraits, and pop art. Raheem's work has currently been featured in NFT New York City, Arts and Ideas, The Shops at Yale, New Haven Cultural, the Arts Council, the Thai Bar, and Power to the Patients. Raheem, welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose. Thanks for having me, Gino. So thank you for being here. Uh, why don't we start by you just kind of, in your own words, telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do and that sort of thing. Sure, sounds good. So a little bit about me is my name is Raheem Nelson. I'm a New Haven-born and raised artist. Uh, I went to ECA, which was amazing. I started, I didn't quite start my art education at ECA, but I think I started to come into my own at ACES ECA, which is right on Audubon Street. I come from a background that is like in cartooning. Uh, you know, grew up in comic books, Sonic the Hedgehog, Spider-Man, all the good stuff. And I would basically create my own comics for grade school. And when I got to ECA, I started to branch out into oils and, you know, uh, life drawing, which was a, was a big one, a little bit of sculpture, photography, just like pretty much trying all the arts. And I kind of took that influence with me to um, college. I went to New York City for college. The School of Visual Arts is where I went to continue my education. And I went for cartooning. But I think for me, it was actually oil painting that was like the most impactful on me. The way they set it up was like for our foundation year, our freshman year we would basically get to try all the arts. Uh, so it was like ECA part two, pretty much. And we had a course for oil painting where it was like a few hours in a given day where we would just like either paint a live model or we would paint uh, different found objects. And it just really helped me a lot in terms of just getting used to the paint and creating something on the canvas. And now I do that stuff digitally. So it's just interesting how... I was able to like go to ECA, get all this learning really early in my uh, art career, you know, still being a student and then being able to continue that to uh, New York. So I love being an artist that's born and raised in New Haven. I bring that energy, uh, the culture, the community, and I put that into my work. So that's what I pride myself on. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so what what kind of like led you to the wanting to go to college for art school? Was it ECA and being involved in arts at an early age? Like, did you ever have some thoughts of going to college for different majors or did you decide early on that you wanted to be an artist? Yeah, it was definitely early on, like probably like age seven or eight, to be honest. Really? Like I've been, you know, just interested in being an artist for a long time. And then also doing it professionally. I think that was something that I've, always been curious about so i think 
I think I always knew it was going to be like going to an art college because I just loved the idea of being trained and developed by different instructors in the arts. And I think SVA came about because my mom actually, when she was in high school, she had um, a poster of SVA and it was like one of their vintage posters and stuff. So she'd tell me about it and she's like, oh, have you thought about this school? And so we started looking at it and then they were actually at one of uh, a few schools that we found at the time that took cartooning as a major and, you know, it was accredited. And there was also in New York and, you know, I have a love for New York City and I love the idea of, you know, being from New Haven, but, you know, going to New York for college. So I think it was like ingrained in me for a while where like art college was just going to be the move and that was going to be like the next step of my creative journey. Hmm. Very cool. So what made you come back to New Haven after going to college in New York? Um, I know you, you know, you're from here and you grew up here. Um, but what, what, uh, what draws an artist, I guess, back to New Haven? That's a good question. Uh, so the caveat to going to school in New York as amazing an experience as it was, as fun as it was, it was very expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I never had that chance to actually dorm on campus my mom and i you know because she was helping me greatly like you know pay through college and you know i had grants and loans and stuff like that but like the room and board was just like too much and it was like well if you want to go like you're gonna have to consider commuting so pretty much for those four years like i was hopping on the metro north and then going to class like waking up super early most days because i had to be there for like nine o'clock so like getting the early early trains i've been had been taking trains for a long time at that point and it was like a huge undertaking but like i knew it's what had to be done at the time so i think making that transition deciding to stay in new haven and work out here wasn't that difficult because i was already commuting between two places and i was like okay it's actually cost effective to you know, be in New Haven, work in New Haven. And if I get work in New York, which I still do, you know, I can hop on the train, go meet a client or have it be a Zoom meeting or something. So I think I started developing this way of working, like even as a student, where it's like, okay, I live in New Haven, but I work in New York. I have my classes in New York. So I think for me, like the switch was pretty easy. You know, after I didn't have to commute necessarily to get to class, It was like, okay, I'm going to go back to New Haven because I'm still living here and then just make it work that way, you know, because I think it's just a lot more cost effective. Interesting point of view. Yeah. Never thought about it like that. It it definitely is, you know, easy access to the city from here. So that's definitely a plus for sure. So what did it look like after you graduated college and like trying to get work in being an artist? And I, I imagine a lot of times artists struggle with finding, you know, a job that that can pay and you also have the creative freedom that you want what did that look like for you yeah what that looked like for me was i think it was a lot of uh self-discovery because i think after graduation i was kind of torn between like do i want to purely be a cartoonist or purely be like an illustrator and i wasn't really thinking like how i am now where i I've, like i've got all these skills like okay i can get work in cartooning here, I can get illustration work over here. For me, it was like black and white at the time. It's like, okay, like if I'm going to commit to cartooning, then, you know, this is the work I'm going to kind of look at, you know, thinking like 
Marvel Comics, DC Comics kind of thing. But I think, you know, right after graduation, I kind of wanted to be on more of the illustration path. And I think at first, finding work was actually pretty difficult. You know, I was able to curate a show with Arts Council right out of college, which was great. So that helped with visibility. But in terms of like just having sustainable income, that didn't come until like much later. And um, I think that was one area I would have liked more support on in college, just like the art business side of it. I think SVA was great for, uh, you know, art education, learning the techniques, but in terms of like the business part of it, and most art colleges do this too, it's not just SBA. I think they can support students, you know, more efficiently where that's concerned. So it was like a lot of trial by fire. You know, I, I learned a lot at the Arts Council. You know, shout out to my friend Jose and, you know, Winter and everybody over there. They helped me kind of develop a business acumen as an artist. And then so, I would notice that, you know, hey, I can maybe do some cartooning for a newspaper, make some income, and do other things like that where I'm like submitting to art shows. So it was like a lot of just finding myself and um, making sure like I had a day job, you know, I had a day job as uh, an assistant teacher for different uh, middle schools and high schools and everything to support my art because I considered like, hey, like, I don't necessarily have a backup plan. It's going to be difficult to, you know, want to create art anyway if the bills aren't paid. So I try to think of those things like just right out of the gate. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good perspective. I think as far as like my own path, I, I came from like a corporate job, and then I thought to myself like, once I get to a place where I can quit, then I'll just be able to do my business or wh- whatever I'm doing full time. And then I went through like a patch where. I was doing that, but then it got to the point where it became super overwhelming and burnt out because the money wasn't there. So I think that's good, like foresight on your part to be able to be like, well, let me take the pressure of bill paying off with this thing and then continue to, it, I, I kind of learned that the hard way. <laughs> oh, I understand. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so, um, how, how did that look for you as far as like being able to give yourself creativity? Did you have jobs that gave you, you know, like weekdays or nights and weekends to work on your art? How did you balance both of those things while still, you know, pursuing creative endeavors? Yeah, good question. I always find a way to make it work where I can have time for my uh, creative endeavors for a long time, like pretty much right out of college until most recently, I had been working as a paraprofessional in the school system. So Summers off, hours would be like, I think, around 7 to 2 o'clock. So 2 o'clock on, if I wanted to go to co-working spaces, and I could do that. If I wanted to take other assignments, I could do that, have meetings and things like that. So there were pockets of time where I could do that. Like even if I wanted to go to New York City after getting out of work, having like 2 o'clock until like the evening, like pretty much a lot of time. So I was able to use that to just like get a ton of things done with clients, uh, developing different relationships and business. Having that window was like really essential. And sometimes, well, for instance, this example comes to mind. I was working for troop school and then I was also doing 
art classes for arts for learning. And sometimes there would be like a conflict because as a paraprofessional, they want you to go and cover a class if somebody is out or if somebody has like a staff meeting or something. So there was a lot of that. So sometimes if I would have a class to teach offsite at Arts for Learning, I would have to make a request of my school to say like, hey, like I need to leave for this point in the day and I'll be back at this time. And getting like just the clearance to have that happen. And it was great. That was working with people that were gracious enough to help empower me to do that. And then, you know, sometimes I would have classes on the weekends and stuff that I would teach too. And it wouldn't be a conflict, but just making time for art and also making time to pay the bills too. And like fast forward to the job that I have now at the Milford Arts Council, which is like absolutely aligned with me being an artist because I'm helping the Milford Arts Council have a voice with their communications and their marketing. And I've done a lot of things uh, on social media for my own brand that I'm able to now take and put into this nonprofit. And I'm just having a blast. Like the, the board is happy with the work I'm doing. My boss is happy with the work I'm doing. And we're able to just have like this dialogue and this conversation where it's like, okay, if you want to take a meeting off site, go take some photos for an event that has to do with the Milford Arts Council, come back, edit that, and then get it on social media. That's like, could be considered one of my work days. Or I can be remote and I can send out press releases and I can, you know, send out briefs to people. And it's just kind of like, I'm still making that adjustment to having a job like this because it has structure, but it's like more fluid than my job at like New Haven Public Schools. Like New Haven Public Schools, I have to be there by seven, you know, leaving at two, being in one classroom for the most part during the day. Whereas Milford Arts Council is like, okay, you're in the office sometimes, you can also be remote. They encourage me to take on entrepreneurial stuff as long as it doesn't conflict with the job. So it's like just being in this space where I'm working in an arts council as an artist, doing the communications. It's like everything is like aligned with what I want, where it's like I'm able to work on my creative endeavors and have like even more flexibility than if I was still in the school system. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm happy that you uh, you got that job and congratulations. Thank you. I I kind of also feel like I'm in a similar space. I've done various like side jobs while pursuing my entrepreneur endeavors, and uh, this year I got a new job at Omel Bagels in town, and um, nice. kind of just started doing like I think I applied to be a barista because I wanted to like learn that trade. Um, mm-hmm. But ever since working there, like it's a very small, tight knit company, and the owners are really great and give me the flexibility to kind of do whatever interests me. And, you know, since I started, I've done like farmer's markets and now I'm kind of grown into a social media kind of content role, which kind of also aligns with like my business stuff. So it's, it's nice to like have a different job that like pays bills that you can kind of like, like you said, kind of go back and forth and be like, Oh, I, I learned this over here and I can bring it to your business. And Mm-hmm. I learned this at your business and I can bring it to my business. So I think that's that's kind of like a, for me, an important point to highlight because I think sometimes when you think of being an entrepreneur, you think like only 
you can only have your own business. Like that's right. like I alluded to before, <laughs> like my first year quitting is like, I only can do this. I can't do anything else or otherwise I'm a failure. <laughs> but it's like, sometimes that's nice to like interact with other people at a job. And then you get inspiration from, from taking time off of your own thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's really cool. So shifting a little bit, I do want to talk about like your specific art. And and one thing that like really interests me that you do is uh, this thing that you call graphic recordings. Um, mm -hmm. And I've never seen it anywhere else. Maybe it's a thing you could can give us more information about what they are. But um, mm -hmm. I just think that they're a really cool idea. And I think you do them really nicely. So if you want to explain like what they Thank are. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So put simply, graphic recording is like the art of, you know, me, an artist, I would go into a meeting or a conference event, whatever, where somebody is speaking and, you know, wanting to engage an audience. I, the artist, would be creating visual notes for what's being said. And I think and I'm still always trying to find a way to explain this so that it's like in layman's terms, basically creating like a visual summary of a meeting or a conference. So by the end of it, you can look at the illustration with some of the words, some of the bullet points, basically, and what people are talking about. And then say like, okay, this meeting was about social justice reform. This meeting was about clean energy. This meeting was about being empowered in the arts uh, in New Haven. And I love graphic recording because I'm able to provide a service where people have a voice. And it's like, you don't have to have like just a PowerPoint presentation or the standard things that you would have for a meeting. And I'm happy to say I won a grant from the city, uh, New Haven uh, Department of Arts, Cultural and Tourism, in collaboration with the Arts Council to do graphic recording for New Haven. That's awesome. And my own experience, thank you, my own experience with graphic recording comes from New York. Uh, I had a brief time working in Brooklyn for a company and they showed me the ropes of doing graphic recording. I'll go on site uh, in Brooklyn to do it, different parts of Manhattan, and then you know sometimes traveling. So I got that experience to like go to Texas and you know go to uh, or also go like uh, Chicago and you know create these illustrations. And it can be done like traditionally. Like if it's done traditionally, it's usually done on like a foam core board and markers, and you either pack it up, take it with you, or you ship it to the client. And then like you're putting it on an easel. So you're like kind of drawing and writing things out using like these big markers. So I know how to do it that way. But being a mobile digital artist and wanting to just like make things super simple for myself and the client, I create all the artwork on an iPad. So I'll go into a meeting if it's like an in-person meeting. If not, I'll just do Zoom. I'll sit down in the meeting, the person's talking and Usually clients will hire me to do like a keynote presentation or maybe like a keynote presentation and then like maybe some fireside chats or something. Like it just depends on the nature of the job. And so after all that work is finished and maybe I have like three, four illustrations to go with like these hour long meetings, then the client is receiving like the illustration that they can turn into a PDF and submit to their attendees or they can print it out. So there are those two things. And then I also like to provide a, a time-lapse video because Procreate you know, does that automatically in the background. So you can actually see the words coming out 
like where somebody's talking about uh, marketing and branding, those words might pop up. And then I'm creating illustrations that have to do with that, which is why I love having at least a meeting or two with the client before uh, I actually get on site or you know the Zoom call starts. So I am having things like uh, color palettes, maybe like a run of show, like an agenda. Having an agenda is like really helpful for graphic recording because I want to know like what's the talk going to be about? Is there going to be a title for the talk that I can kind of include in the illustration? And then maybe other things as well to go with it. I recently did a graphic recording for uh, Arts and Ideas, the Rise Gala that they had most recently. And what I enjoyed about it is it's like another form of graphic recording where it's like even more interactive. You know, it's uh, called a social listening mural. So I sit in one place and it was in Lost in New Haven, which is the new museum that's going to be opening soon. And people would come over and there was a prompt that says, what's New Haven mean to you in one word? And so people would come over and they were like excited because like they, for the most part, got a little flustered. It's like, oh, well, like New Haven, one word, like I'm going to have to come back to you on that. So like they would circle the room and then they would come back and say, oh, I have my word. And so some people would like come back and check in to see where the illustration was. And so like I'd have these words and like, I think part of it, I had like a hand extended and then there was like a vine coming out of the person's hand and then different words that sum up their New Haven experience. And by the end of the night, it was uh, projected for everybody to see that was having dinner. So everybody there was able to contribute to this illustration. So like as excited as I am about like the standard graphic recording where I'm going to meetings and I'm taking visual notes and stuff. The social listening mural part of it is like the most exciting for me because it's like truly interactive art where people get to contribute to how it looks by the end of the night. Wow, that's super cool. That's that's really uh, an interesting way to like make live art and have people like contribute to it and be like such a collaborative thing. That's that's really cool. Do you have any more of those kind of like lined up, or, or do you, do you want to do more of those sorts of? Events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, um, graphic recording is going to be at the forefront of my business. Uh, I am also doing like traditional murals for Yale, which has been amazing. I've done a few illustration jobs for Yale as well, editorial stuff. But yeah, graphic recording is like number one for me. Like it's not only lucrative, but I'm able to like help people. I'm help able to help educate people. And then I myself, like being an artist going into a meeting or whatever, you know, I'm able to learn something too. So I think it's just like so much synergy with the skill and just what comes out of it, just what can be used for different meetings. So I have something lined up for Hartford that I'm going to be doing in a few weeks. And I I just got an email this morning uh, from a long-term client of mine. They're more like an art agency, so they connect me with their clients about like an opportunity in New Orleans, like like going in person and doing graphic recording. And that's kind of been like a dream to go back to New Orleans. I say go back to New Orleans because I've done murals out there and I only went once and I haven't been back. So I was like, how do I go back on business and have that be covered? So I'm starting <laughs> to make that happen. Um, but yeah, I think it's a skill where I can use to travel to different states. I mean, I want to, go to different countries and do it, to be honest. Like, I just wanted to catch on. And I wanted to start in New Haven. Like, for me, it was important to 
start in New Haven and say like, hey, this is this skill that I'm doing. I was born and raised here. I want to bring this skill to New Haven before I really bring it to other places. And thankfully, I've been able to do that. Like the graphic recordings I've done from the city and uh, arts and ideas. I think it's really starting to catch on. So it's it's not just for me like being a self-sustained, sustainable artist. It's like, how can I do good somewhere? Like whether it's for a nonprofit or different organizations, like how can my graphic recording be used to uplift people? And I think that's like my mission statement. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So not only like the graphic design stuff, you also do um, like NFTs and you're, you're into fashion. You have like so many interests, it seems. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you were <laughs> you were able to go to New York uh, as part of an NFT that you made. Uh, can, can you explain to us a little bit more about like NFTs and how NFTs could be helpful for artists and, and used as artists and that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, so NFTs mean non-fungible token, and it's basically something you can buy on a digital marketplace. It doesn't have to be a piece of art. It can be like a, a song or tickets to a show, for example. I use it for my art. Um, and I think what's been great about NFTs is that I've always looked for a way to sell my digital fine art. And usually it's been like in exhibitions or galleries. And I love doing that. And at the same time, it's like, how can I maximize my profits and take something that starts out as a digital file and sell that where whoever gets it, they can put it up in their gallery and put it on a monitor or you know, a digital canvas or something like that. So I think that's where NFTs came in for me, where it's like this really cool digital marketplace to sell art and then teaching myself the ins and outs of it. And I think what I love most about NFTs is uh, the artist community. Like I made like a lot of friends on social media just because we were all kind of out to support each other with the art. And like it's still kind of new. People are still figuring it out, and the market's like kind of tanking right now. <laughs> but uh, I've, I'm still able to like use that to further my career, and then also you know help you know, other artists out too, whether it's just like a, a retweet or like a re uh, posting or something. But where NFT NYC is concerned, and I actually just applied for this again, they had this exhibition that was going to be in New York. And this was like their second year doing it. I applied the first year, didn't get in. And I applied for a second year with a piece that was like near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to switch subjects and then kind of go back but it's all part of like the same story this piece was of solange and i went to paris in like 2017 like this big trip to europe and stuff and i went to the louvre and i absolutely love what i saw in terms of all the paintings and the impressionism and just soaking up all these artistic ideas looking at the old masters and stuff so i kind of brought that energy back to new haven Fast forward to that, I want to say like September, I guess. I ran to a friend of mine at uh, Rudy's and he was like, Hey, I want you to contribute artwork for the show. And I hadn't really listened to, no, I, I was into Solange's music at the time, but I didn't realize, you know, this friend of mine was like organizing a whole show on her music. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. So I just kind of thought, like, What can I contribute 
to this art show. And I thought of the Louvre and I thought about all these figures with, you know, these, these iconic halos. And when I think of the Renaissance, I think of like the halos that were flat in the back, you know, because they did not know uh, perspective at that point. So I always thought that was kind of cool, especially how that's kind of made a resurgence in art. So I kind of took that iconography and made it like modern day. So like I painted, I created this painting of Solange with her Afro and everything. And then I put like a red hood over her, like a cloak kind of covering her. Like, I guess I was thinking like the Knights Templar or something like that, or like Lord of the Rings. And then I had like a halo, a flat halo behind her that had song lyrics from one of her, you know, most iconic songs. And then the background was like kind of, you know, brush strokes and, you know, impressionism kind of thing. And then it was to be printed on canvas. And I thought like, okay, I need to go big with this. Like I need to make an impression. So I went like 36 by 42 inch canvas, which is like just about as big as I am. And it ended up being the centerpiece of the art show. And I submitted this piece to NFT NYC because this piece that I exhibited at ArtSpace when it was open is the place where I met my now wife because she was the host of the event. And Mm -hmm. it's just wild to me. Like the more I think of this piece, like it had to be in New York City. Like it had to be on this billboard because this piece is like what helped me get married. bring this woman into my life so they had this opportunity to get artwork on a billboard in times square so that was like one of the main draws for me i submit it uh they they tell me that i'm in i I guess like the the message goes to spam or something so i discover it in my junk folder i was like oh i need to respond to this like right now (laughs) so nice yes i'm interested interested and not only is it, it's basically like where the ball drops, like that's where my art was seen. And then like two uh, billboards, like one to the left, one to the right. And my wife was there. My friend Frank Brady was there as well, who you know, and uh, a few other people just to support this monumentous occasion for my art happening. And it's like words don't really do it justice, that feeling like, oh, my artwork is on like a billboard. And I was able to make that happen with all of this hard work and this dedication and, you know, really like taking an international trip because getting inspiration in a different place is amazing. And then coming back and putting that into my art. So just having my artwork seen in a place that's considered like the center of the world, is like just hugely amazing. Like I don't really have the words just sum up what it was like. And then the next day was uh, great too, because it was like a two, three-day conference. This painting was used in their branding. So they had like these digital tickets that you could get, like NFT tickets you could get. And this painting was featured on that. And it was featured at the Javits Center where the presentations were. So like on this big canvas board, as you go in, one of my, my piece was there, like one of the artist tickets you could get. And then like another canvas that was like, it's like, I don't remember how big it was, but like it was huge. Like pretty much any artist that contributed uh, artwork and said, yes, you can turn my artwork into a ticket. Like those were featured too. So like, it was just like a huge marketing and branding 
opportunity for my work. And then like I would go on social media, like I think like maybe a day or two before the conference. And then people, because people would randomly get a ticket. Like if you got a ticket to the show, you might get my work or somebody else's. People kept tweeting me. It's like, hey, I got your ticket. Like I really love this piece. And it was just like such a great moment as a creative person where people are getting to discover a piece of art that's like so impactful and so important to me, like where it helped me get married, it helped me meet this person. And now people are getting to experience it on their own too. So like, it was just like something else. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. I I remember seeing you post about it and being like super happy for you and being like, wow, you're in Times Square where the ball drops. That's insane. Because I I also was fortunate enough to see the the actual canvas that you had. It was up at Known for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is an amazing piece. So that's really cool that it's got such meaning to you. and, And that was the one that propelled you to, you know, that sort of, I guess validation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that story. Um, no problem. So, yeah, as you're, um, you know, talking about all all the different things that you do, I think something that kind of I noticed or came up for me is that it seems as if you were never really afraid to like try a bunch of things to just like go and try different mediums of art or trying different things with art. I, I think that's kind of an important thing in more so important for me as of recent is just like trying a bunch of things. And even if you can't like see the outcome of it, just see what happens. And cause it'll lead to things that you never really know if you, without doing it, you would never know that that could happen. Um, wh- where do you think that maybe that came from for you? The, the openness to maybe try everything. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, I think it comes from my entrepreneurial spirit. And I think I've been an entrepreneur for like a very young age. Mm. When I was doing a lot of uh, comic books, uh, and I would like pretty much do a comic book a month for myself, like whatever story I was developing or whatever, like from being a kid. And I remember my mom and I went to New York for like, I think it was like the Big Apple Con or something. And they were publishing this comic book series called Disney Adventures. And they were interviewing uh, one of the ladies from the book. And so my mom raised her hand and asked, like, oh, what's, what would it take for my son to be an entrepreneur? Like, he's doing these comics. You know, he sells them to his friends sometimes. And he does this whenever he can in his spare time. So, like, I was, like, drawing it, writing it, <laughs> coloring it. I was doing everything. And so the woman answers the question. It's like, oh, like your son is already an entrepreneur. Like he's already doing it. And that was like just extremely validating for both me and my mom to know that I was already on this path to entrepreneurship. And I think it just kind of comes down to like, let me see what works. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Professionally, you know, I've tried like, okay, maybe I'll just be a portrait artist and do families and businesses and stuff like that. Or maybe I'll do urban landscapes and make a go at that. So some of these things that may not have taken off, I'll still keep them in my toolkit. But it's like, okay, maybe this won't propel me where I need to go. Like NFTs was an experiment and that has propelled me to a certain point with Times Square. And graphic recording 
I think that's going to continue to propel me as well because it's just sustainable. And there are just a lot of businesses, I think, that can use visual notes for their meetings where visual notes will enhance what's being talked about so that people remember it, so they remember the presenter, so that the whoever's presenting feels supported in what they're doing because it's like they're kind of being able to play off of the art. It's like if I'm doing graphic recording and I'm projecting it live, whoever's speaking can see it come together behind them or beside them. So that kind of just enhances everything. So I just, I guess I kind of look like where is there a need for the art professionally? And then if there's not, or not as much as I would like, then I can kind of go back to the drawing board. I think photography is also taken off for me too. It's, it's something I'm doing a lot of at my current job at Milford Arts Council. Um, we had an exhibit recently uh, called Tattoo Tribe. And one way I was able to support them was by going a little bit early, taking pictures of people coming in and then taking pictures throughout the night. So like I've got the Canon Rebel that my wife and I use. And then I've got a tripod set up on stage to capture video. So like I'm capturing video in one place. I'm doing still photography. And then there was one point in the night where I kind of went up the stairs to the office. And then I was able to kind of open up. It's almost like a little staging area. Like you can see over to where the crowd would be. So like I got like some nice aerial shots too. So I think... For one thing, like my photography is informed by my background as a cartoonist, or like one thing I can appreciate about cartoonists and kind of movies and TV is that it's kind of like a similar language. So like if I'm taking a photo, I'm thinking, how can I tell this story? How can I tell this story in a cinematic way? So I was able to take all of that footage and you know, photos and stuff, and I turned it into uh, a reel for the Milford Arts Council Instagram account. And I kind of composed it like a movie where like the curator spoke at one part of the night just about his experience. So I isolated that and then I kind of put that as like the narration behind this movie scene because that's how I treated it. Like at the beginning, uh, opening credits, like it says Tattoo Tribe, opening exhibition, the camera follows you in so you're seeing where the, the the crowd is and it's like panning to see the audience like kind of things slow down they speed up and then the whole time it's like this person's voiceover guiding you through the exhibit and i ended it where like it fades to black and then like i think the line he says something like without my clients i would be nothing and then it fades to black i was like oh that's it like that's getting posted <laughs> And just kind of storyboarding it in my head and then composing it and then putting it out there in the world. So even though like I'm not necessarily creating comic books as often as like I used to, I'm kind of looking at videography and photography in like a similar way. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of see how like your early influence of comic books has kind of like led to all of everything that you're doing now. And I think that's important to think about too is like transferable skills in the, in the old mm -hmm. things that you used to do and even so for me when I was in a corporate engineering job there's still transferable skills that I learned even going through engineering school that I can then apply to what I'm doing now um, so 
you know, none of it is really wasted time. It's more so just propelling you to, to get to wherever you're supposed to be. Um, yep. so I think, I think your story has done a good job of like showing that for sure. So yeah, we are kind of getting to the end of our time here. So I have a couple more questions for you. Um, sure. one, if you can define like, uh, what purpose means to you and like how you find purpose in your work and cause it, you know, it has a different definition for everybody, but I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Cool. Yeah. I like to think that purpose and happiness go hand in hand and that you can't have one without the other. Uh, I look at the job I have now. I look at the kind of commissions and freelance work that I have and some of the classes that I teach and it all causes me a lot of happiness. And that makes me think of alignment. Like this is aligned with my values. This is aligned with what I feel like I was put on this earth to do, connect with people, uplift people through art. So if this is causing me to be happy and other people aren't like negatively impacted by it, I think I see that as being my purpose. Hmm. And in terms of the art part of it, I think, again, it goes back to alignment. Like is what is this painting going to serve either to me or to my audience? And I, I usually think of my audience when I'm working uh, on something, like how is this going to be received? And I'll let that like confine me or anything. But I think there's like a certain responsibility as an artist where like if I'm creating something, I'm putting it out in the world, I do want it to be positive or I want it to kind of spark a dialogue and a conversation. And sometimes uh, I'll go back to it like doing political art. So like, it'll be whimsical and it'll be humorous, but it'll, it's also like, okay, do you really want this person as president? Like, this is what I'm trying to showcase to you in this artwork. So I always think of intent and like, what does this piece stand for? What do I stand for as an artist? And I want to convey that clearly every time I put something out in the world. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that. The, the happiness and the purpose kind of being, interrelated. I'm not sure I've ever thought about it like that before, but it makes total sense to me um, when you said it. (laughs) So the last question that I have for you is what's next for you and how can people support you and, you know, follow the work that you do? Oh, great. So what's next for me, I think, is more graphic recording jobs. You know, I'd love to attend more events and get into some conferences where I can kind of be doing this for a few days at a time and provide like a ton of work to a client. That'd be great. Uh, I definitely want to travel more. Uh, my wife and I are organizing uh, a networking events with the elements of abundance. So it would be a tour in Ghana. So we're working on that. Like you can actually get your tickets for that now for it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And, um, in terms of finding me and supporting me, um, my website is RaheemNelson.com. You can follow me on Instagram at RaheemNelsonArts or at RaheemNelsonStyle as well, because I'm definitely into fashion and suits and all that stuff. And definitely give the Milford Arts Council a follow as well, too. Like I am doing their communications and their marketing. We have a lot of amazing productions going on, including the tattoo exhibit that I mentioned. We're also going to be having a short film be shown at the Milford Arts Center 
and then a closing exhibition from our curator, who is also, uh, I forget what instrument he plays, but I know he's in a band and he's talented. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great year. And um, I'm really happy to be on here too, Gina. Like it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing your story and your wisdom. And I'll be sure to get all the links in the show notes so people can find that stuff easily. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time, Raheem. I appreciate you being on here. No problem. This is great, Gino. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes.